Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash WTE podcast. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash WTE podcast for your free audiobook. Hello and welcome to Walking the Earth podcast, the podcast about the backpacking experience. You can check us out online at wtepodcast.com. I'm Justin Castle calling in from New York City, New York. And I'm Mike Margulies calling in today from Sapa, Vietnam. And our guest today is Talon Windwalker. Uh, Talon's calling in from Cozumel, Mexico. Um, and Talon, so you are a Renaissance man. You're an an author, uh, you're a single father, and um, of course a traveler. And as you've been on your travels, uh, you've been kind of blogging about it on your site, onedadonekid.com. Um, and yeah, you've been on traveling with your son for, I guess, three years now. Um, yeah, just over three years. That's, which is amazing. <laughs> Um, yeah, I guess the first thing I'd be interested to hear about, you know, now that you're three years into traveling long term with your son, which is a, alone a unique experience most people um, don't know what it's like, um, you know, what are your reflections nowadays, uh, three years into this adventure? Um, mostly amazement. I mean, I, I think when we left, you know, we left without a, a return date in mind. It was indefinite. Um, right. But I, I think... I think secretly I kind of didn't think it would last more than six months. <laughs> so, <laughs> so as, as I reflect back on it now and uh, we're over, over 1200 days now on the road, um, I'm mostly just amazed because it's, it's been incredibly easier than I expected. Um, and it's, it's been quite the ride. So I, I, yeah. I think mostly just amazement. <laughs> so so what you know now that you're three years in like what were some of the obstacles that you thought you would face that turned out to be a lot simpler than you thought they would be well i think the biggest one was just uh the amount of close time with my son um you know before i worked full-time and plus did some volunteer stuff and so that's pretty busy. Um, he was in school all day, and then he'd go to daycare because I was at work. So um, we didn't have a ton of time together during the week, and then on the weekend we had plenty of time. But that's a big difference between that and 24-7. Right. Um, right. And I'm, I'm the kind of person that really needs my space from time to time. And <laughs> yeah. I, I, was, I was worried about what that was going to be like traveling, especially he was nine at the time. Right. Um, when we left, and I, I was kind of worried about how well I would do with that. Right. Right. Yeah, that must be like super intense because uh, you know I I just think about um, you know I've been traveling solo, but of course along the way make friends, and when I get close with people, you know, when you're, someone's your good friend while you're traveling, you are spending you know 24 hours with that person, and in my case though, you know after a couple of weeks we kind of part our separate ways. But for you, yeah, you're traveling, you and your son traveling together for three straight years. Like, yeah, wow. <laughs> Is that, I mean, do you have to sort of like go off on your own little adventures sometimes? Or, or I don't know if you felt like he... Um, I don't know if that's possible. Is that possible? Comfortable with that? Because yeah. he was, I think, only nine years old when you began. Um, 
But, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. No, it's, I, how do you handle that? <laughs> I think, you know, the most, the most alone time I ever got was probably when we lived in Utila uh, in Honduras, and I was doing my dive master and uh, scuba instructor training. Mm. And so during the day when I was diving, obviously underwater, he wasn't with me because he wasn't old enough to dive. And plus, I can't be taking care of my son while I'm taking care of inexperienced divers. So um, right. he, he would have more independence during the day. Uh, he'd usually come to the dive shop for lunch. And then we'd hang together and play in the water or whatever until it was time for me to go out on my afternoon dives. And um, that was really the only time. But even then, I'm not really totally independent because I'm taking care of people. <laughs> so right. I don't have my son, but I have, you know, dive, dive students, which are, you know, require quite a bit, especially if they're in open water course. They've, you know, this is their first time in open water and all the, uh, the joys that come with trying to get accustomed to life underwater when you're, this is brand new to you. So right. it's a much more intense experience for the instructor because I'm ultimately responsible for their life. So right. I'm having to, you know, I'm watching every single movement, watching their eyes, watching their body language, watching their feet, making sure they're not kicking coral, making sure they're not suddenly going up, suddenly going down, whatever. You know, there's just so much you're doing. So mm. even though I was away from him for part of the day, it was still just mentally, you know, you know, exhausting just because of everything you're doing in the water. Um, and then, uh, but not really, I mean, not really having any adventures. I can't say there was uh, one time in Romania when there was another traveling family and he went and uh, did a sleepover at their house. But, you know, we'd been traveling for about three years by that point. So for me, it was just kind of like, what do I do? <laughs> I'm home alone now. Uh, but what do I do now that I, I have a night to myself that just doesn't, doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I was just kind of like, I, I really, my biggest joy was just actually having the whole apartment to myself. So, right. um, later, uh, we started doing house sitting more often. Right. And in the house sits, he usually has his own, his own bedroom. Gotcha. And so he, he feels the same way. He wants his space, especially now that next week he's a teenager. Oh right boy. Back to the end of this week. Um, oh my gosh. and so he wants his own space. And so, right. uh, that's helped a little bit, but I've gone out, uh, in Prague, I went to, um, go see it. I went to a concert by myself, a couple of concerts. Mm -hmm. um, but other than that, no, not really. <laughs> I didn't really get much of a right. break there. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that's interesting because I know the teen years are, you know, once you become a teenager, a lot of, lot of changes go, go through and, you know, your whole mentality changes. I know that I wanted nothing to do with my parents. I wanted to escape whenever I could and run up the street to Mike's house <laughs> or to <laughs> our, our other friend Steve's house. I know that I'd go to, I just, isn't that how it was, Mike? Like we just, yeah, pretty much. You know, yeah. Hang out with each other. Yeah. yeah. We'd all, yeah. Well, and imagine you weren't with your parents all day. No. And you felt like right. that. So imagine what it's like when you're with your dad 24/7 basically. Yeah. Right. How does, so how does he like, right. how does he feel about it? Um your son's and your son's name is uh is Tigger. Yeah, that's his nickname. Gotcha. Ah. Um, um so yeah, how does he, he um yeah, how does he feel? Like, do you have a sense of it, I guess? Yeah, he's he likes spending time with me. 
and he likes spending time on his own. Right. So, um, you know, I may, I may go do errands during the day or, uh, occasionally I might go for a dive, but he's a diver now too. So, hmm. uh, usually if I'm going for a dive, he wants to go as well. Gotcha. Um, and you're in like unless, one of the best dive sites in the world too, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. you know, and, but because before he was uh, 12 years old, you know, the restriction on the depth was pretty shallow, actually. They can't go below um, like 12 meters, uh, it's 40 feet. So it's not, um, not very deep in terms of, you know, actual diving, whereas, you know, I'm, I'm a deep dive teacher, I'm a rec teacher, so mm. I like to go deep. I like to go into things that a 12-year-old by the standards is not allowed to do. Um, mm-hmm. So if, if I know in advance I'm doing one of those dives, then I, you know, he doesn't come. But, um, yeah, so it's more complicated after he got certified because if I go diving, he wants to go as well. Gotcha. Right. Um, which, Naturally. Which is fun, but, again, it's not relaxing for me because I'm his parent. Right. <laughs> and yeah. so even though he's comfortable in the water, I still – I'm watching him like a hawk. Right. And he's yeah. a little too comfortable in the water, and so I'm – constantly having to monitor his depth because he wants to go deeper and right. so now that he's now that he's over 12 uh he can go deeper and that's that's a little bit more helpful but i'm still having to constantly watch him and i got gotcha. you um, so it's not it's not the same and yeah i'm sure I, he would I love can... to go on some dives without me <laughs> i i because i'm always I the you one might... tapping him and yeah. <laughs> It's funny because hearing you say this, it's like, I bet my dad probably feels similarly. So my dad is also a dive master and he got me into scuba diving and we've also spent time in Cozumel. So, and it's like, it's, it's yeah. this funny parallel where I think, um, and now I've been, I've been diving for long enough. I have, you know, a hundred some dives. I'm a rescue diver. And, and so I, um, I can, you know, fend for myself scuba diving, but I would imagine even still with whatever certification levels I have and experience if I'm diving with my dad he probably still has a big part of him where he's like worried I know for sure in the beginning he certainly was like super worried about you know all the things you mentioned you know in because he's my father so he's he's concerned about me (laughs) it's funny because hearing you say this it's like oh I can like see through my dad's eyes kind of (laughs) his experience was like diving with me in Cozumel (laughs) yeah and it's different it's different when I go diving with someone else's kid because for one, they're generally more responsive to me because I'm not their parent. Right. Um, mm. And and I don't I don't know their goofiness. I don't know all their weaknesses, so I can watch them from a more neutral level. But with my own child, I know his tendencies. I know he doesn't tend to pay attention. I know that he likes to bob up and down and really enjoy the weightlessness experience a little bit too much and. You know, I've, I've got, as an instructor, I've got all the physics and biology going on in my head every time I see him doing his little bouncy up and downs. And, <laughs> um, you know, so these are, as a parent, it's just such a different thing. And, and I know he has no fear. Right. And um, that's where the two comfort is nerve-wracking for me because, because he has no fear. He doesn't pay attention to silly little things like, you know, your depth. Gotcha. Um, so, right. uh, yeah, it's just, it's not, I enjoy diving with them, but it's not relaxing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and it's, it's like, I guess you're towing kind of a delicate balance there between, you know, you want to make sure he's okay, but also not be you know overbearing, you know, give him independence and everything, which right. probably just exactly. for scuba diving and life in general, I would imagine traveling with your son is probably a balance you always have it's to It's a tell. little easier. Yeah. It's a little easier above ground. 
you know, he, right. he does stuff that still scares me. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, underwater, it's, you know, it's a little bit more scary just because I know how easy it is to, you know, you go up too fast, you get the nitrogen bubbles, that's really mm. bad. Right. You know, if, if he loses an airline and can't get it and I wasn't close enough, there's just a, a far bigger room for error under the yeah. water than there is above. So, right. yeah, as a pairing, it, exactly, it is hard. But, you know, I took him uh, – I went on a recreational dive, so we were under parental decision rather than patty regulation, so to speak. And um, I actually took him through a wreck that I'm very familiar with. And, um, you, you know, it was, well, I think he was 11 when we did that. So, you know, according to the rule books, that wasn't the best thing. But as a parental judgment, I know the wreck. I know it well. Uh, I'm a rec experienced wreck diver. Mm. I'm an experienced instructor. And so right. I knew his limits, I know my limits, and so I was able, I felt comfortable taking him through. It's a clean wreck, and um, its entries and exits are, are big enough that I can go above him. So if there's any buoyancy issues, I can push him back down. Right. Um, you know, so it, it was more comfortable, but it was a really cool experience for me because I love wrecks so much. I talk about wreck diving a lot. He's heard it. Yeah. He's wanted to go through one. and. And so we were able to do that together. And even though it wasn't age appropriate for him by standards, it was for his skill level and my skill level. Right. right. And uh, it was a great experience to be able to go through him with the, through the wreck with him, though. That is, was yeah. you know, one of the highlights for me. Very cool. Is is it that is, is go? I I wanted to say if if people want to take a look, I believe that picture is on your website. Is that the photo at the top? Oh yeah, there's a picture of you guys. Oh um, yeah, on the, uh, uh, the header, yeah. I think that's the very yeah, dive we're was, talking about. That was during the wreck dive. Oh <laughs> uh, cool. All right, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it is really cool. Like, um, actually, my dad is um, like I was saying, he's also I scuba dive, but he's even more into it than I am. Um, he's you know, like a dive master, and he actually like organizes these uh, these group trips. So it was always like really fun, where you know when you're diving with friends and family. Um, and I think you get, you're getting that experience as well, diving with your son. It's a cool experience. Um, and my dad is like really oh, good yeah. at sort of putting these things together. Um, so he has this like uh, group, at, you know, it'll be it's people that we know, neighbors and friends, and, it, and it'll be this multi generational group that goes on these trips together. Mm -hmm. um, you know, people his age and my age, and um, yeah, it's a it's a lot of fun being doing that experience um, with mm -hmm. people you're close with. Yeah. Um, Great, so we, yeah, I definitely have my dad celebrate. to thank for helping me get into scuba diving. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, you know, he's adopted, and, and we celebrate two times a year uh, different events related to that. So in February, we have Gotcha Day, which is to celebrate the anniversary when he moved in with me, mm -hmm. and then in November, we have Forever Day, which is to celebrate the day the adoption was finalized and we became a ah. Forever family. Ah, cool, and so. Nice. Shortly after I became an instructor, he got certified to dive at the same time. Actually, while I was doing my instructor training, uh, he was off with one of the other with the, one of the instructors getting his open water. So um, he got to dive with me, and um, we went. We were in Utila, Honduras, and so we went over to another island called Roatan, and they have a shark dive, and um, mm. it's below his depth, you know, limits, but that dive center was like, yeah, you're an instructor. We'll just call, you know, it's parental decision. I'm like, yeah, I'm totally cool with that. I'll sign a waiver. I don't care. I, I've taken him to that depth to see how he does, and I'm, I'm comfortable. 
And so for his forever day, we got to do shark dive. Wow. Very and, cool. Um, that's pretty yeah. Awesome. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, that's, that's another one of the huge highlights of the last three plus years is just, you know, not only to get to go diving with him, but to be able to do a shark dive. That's yeah. just even cooler. That's incredible. And, and also, you know, that's, that's one aspect of your trip. But if you go and you run down the list, you've been to Africa, Asia, the Caribbean, Central America, Europe, North America, Oceania, which I guess Australia, New Zealand, okay, and then South Africa mm-hmm. or South America. So America. you've been to all those locations with Ticker? Uh huh. Oh, wow. Six continents. That's yeah. incredible. Incredible. That's I <laughs> um, I think that's uh, four more continents than I've ever been to. So that's uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're more than double the number of continents that I've been to. Um, yeah, it was cool. He'd been to six continents, be- you know, before his twelfth birthday. So <laughs> so that's pretty awesome. Amazing. I hope he. I, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. I hope he realizes what he's getting to do. Like I, I hope he does. I, I just hope that you know. I just like. Yeah. And. You he get, says he does. We'll see. I, I don't think it'll really click in until later in life. Yeah. Um, but he's, he has a lot of online buddies that are in the U.S. and they have, uh, you know, more, more typical lives. Yeah. And I think that's, especially now at this stage of his life, um, he's, you know, he, he talks about sometimes when he talks to his friends in the U.S., he feels like he's trying to understand a foreign language uh-huh. because our worlds are just so different. Right. And yeah. so I think I think that's helped him kind of get a, a grasp of really how unique his life is. Right. Yeah, it is. It is very different. Um, uh, you know, I having been on a traveling abroad for a year, about almost a year now myself, it's I feel like it will be like being in a the foreign land will be home almost when I get home, you know. Yeah. Uh, that's Definitely. where it's going to be a bunch of culture shock and say, whoa. This is how things work. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I think that you probably will. Probably. Uh, but I'll help you yeah. through that, Mikey. We'll just, uh, you, can, yeah. you can live with me. And Ease you can, me back into it. I'll update <laughs> you on all the TV shows and all. <laughs> yeah, catch me up on everything. All, all, the, all the fads that have come and died, you know. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, but I, <laughs> I wanted to say. Yeah, we're, we're preparing for our reentry to the U.S. and. Um, that uh, very very mixed feeling so it's it, yeah it's, it's going to be interesting coming back especially after this many years when is and you're when you're going back are you going to be um are you just kind of like visiting back or are you intending kind of like put down some roots or maybe you just don't know you're going to figure it out well <laughs> he's he's wanting to settle down uh mm. and get a little bit more community and not travel as much so we're trying to figure out where that will be we, we thought it might be mexico right. Uh, we've been back for about a month and a half, and we're thinking not Mexico. Um, so we got a couple of house sets in uh, the U.S. Mm-hmm. and uh, partially so we could spend. He's never had a holiday with um, family, so mm. uh, other than me. And my, my, this the house that we got in November is close to where my sister lives. So this year will be his first Thanksgiving with like family, family. Oh. Um, so, and then we have a house set up in Washington State and uh, where I'm originally from. So, uh, he likes Washington. I love Washington. I've, I've had uh, a lot of uh, homesickness for it. So, our attitude is, well, we're not sure we're ready for the U.S., but we're going to leave our eyes open and our mind open and right. just uh, kind of see. If, if we think 
when we think about the U.S., we think Washington could be a place that we could use as a long-term base. Gotcha. Still want to travel, but he wants to do it less often. Um, so it's a possibility. I'm I'm thinking more like probably Europe, but um, the U.S. has some advantages. One of which being I don't need a visa. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. And here does he and. And right now, after you know three plus years of constantly having to deal with that, uh, I'm ready to not have to deal with that. I'm ready to be able to get a, a job somewhere if I want for some diversity, and I don't have to worry about if I have the right visa or not. Um, right. So yeah. we'll see. It, it might be that we end up staying for longer. We might get some additional house sits and then just kind of uh, use house sitting as a way of seeing more of the U.S., um, Gotcha. Or it may be that by the time we're done with both of our house sits, we can't wait to get out of there and go to Europe again. So, yeah. who knows? Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I totally relate to what you're saying. I, I've talked about this a lot recently uh, on the show where it's like, yeah, only, and I'm not three years in no trip, only one year, I feel this, um, you know, wanting of more stability. And for me, I have the additional factor of traveling alone versus traveling with somebody. So I think it maybe comes for me sooner than wanting to. Um, hey, put some roots down, have some stable relationships, all that good stuff. And also, like you, I'm like, oh, yeah, I want some stability, but maybe not necessarily the U.S. Um, so, um, and here's my obligatory Chiang Mai mention. <laughs> I think it has to come up in every episode. But I've been talking about this um, a bunch, this plan of mine. And finally, actually just yesterday, I finally did the, something I don't do very often, which is make a plan in advance. And I, put, <laughs> I had to buy a plane ticket. So I, I actually have a, a flight scheduled in advance for this Friday um, nice to go back to Thailand and my idea is to you know stay in Chiang Mai for a few months yeah uh, until the holiday season and then you know figure things out from there yeah but, just be aware yeah, of the it, new visa changes yeah well that now I'm, that's true yeah there used to be the ability to do border runs in Thailand that's what yeah. I did last time and now like, a few not. months ago you get into Thailand and yeah you get 30 days on arrival you can if you 30 days are up you just cross the border come back in um, a whole industry was around that, you know, but now, yeah, I've been talking to my friends yeah. and that's whole completely killed. So, so I'm going to be yep. applying for a proper visa this time to uh -huh. Thailand. <laughs> yeah. So what's that process? Yeah, well, and, and that could be complicated too, because now, um, the information I've got from some friends who just attempted this is that you now have to apply for visas from the country of your residence. Oh, really? So you may I, not I was... be able to... Uh, yeah, well, she just I'm... tried, and apparently this. She was told this is a new rule, um, and she was turned down. She she's in France, and she went to the the consulate there, and they said it's a new rule, and you can for only Thailand. apply for the sixty day visas. Yeah, from your own country, your country of re legal residence. Uh, so I'm hopefully not. This out. But, I hope not. Yeah, yeah what the you may have I... to do is mm. what you may have to do is fly in. Uh, maybe do an extension and then fly out and fly back in to get another 30 days. They've they've been accepting them if you fly back in. I, well, that, I don't know oh, what yeah, the yeah, difference that's what I'm doing. is. I'm in, but, well, I'm in Vietnam right now, and so, yeah, I'm going to be right. – I have a flight to yeah, – that's what I heard was that you need – you can go to Hanoi, Vietnam, and go to the Thai embassy there, and if I have a flight to Thailand, then I can get a, a visa from the Thai embassy in Hanoi. Um, I hope that I don't have to be doing it from the U.S. I, from what I heard from a friend – that did this recently, a friend that was able to do this recently, I think. So, um, yeah, well, I guess I'll find out. Yeah. Last week, it was just last week that she was told it was a new global rule. So wow. hopefully you'll have better luck. Uh, yeah. yeah. I hope that, that doesn't happen to but me. But yeah, well. I mean, all that, all this just emphasizes, you know, I mean, it's, 
it's fabulous to travel over the world and do it long term like you know both of us have been doing uh, but it, it isn't just so cut and dry either you're constantly having to deal with these kinds of things and staying abreast of the rule changes and you know making sure you're out of there uh, before your visa expires and, and before you go to the next country you have to know what the limits are you're going to need to get a visa in advance right. for u.s people most you know most countries no but there are some countries that require a visa in advance and if you show up without one you get deported and that's not good and so yeah it's right. those kinds of things that can really wear on you and then for me too i really i've i felt it a couple times where we've uh when we were in uh, malaysia we had some blogger friends that showed up and so we spent i think of like a week with them and then we went to another island for a house sit, and one of them came and visited with us for a few days again. And uh, when they left, I really felt that absence of having a local friend. Right. And then uh, mm. down here in Cozumel, because we've been here, this is our third time, and so we know people that live here. And then we have uh, some other traveling family friends that have actually, you know, practically expatted here. They're leaving next year, but they've been here for a couple of years now. And... Um, so it's instant connections again, and I really, I really feel it big not having those having friends, the friends that you just meet yeah. up with to have coffee or uh, on my right. birthday, you know, we had, there were some bloggers in Playa del Carmen that I knew only online, and we met up the night of my birthday just so I would, I'd have someone besides, you know, my son to celebrate with, and just yeah. those little things end up meaning a lot more to you, right. and, and I've, I've really, really missed those. Yeah. And I think for him, he needs the opportunity, especially as a teenager now, where their world revolves around their peers. Right. Uh, he really needs that time, not only from the social aspect of having friends, but also this is, you know, these your in-person relationships are when you learn a lot about how to deal with other people and how to compromise yeah. and how to deal with conflict. And school. there's a lot that, you know, he's not going to learn uh, otherwise, and also for his level of independence, you know, for his younger childhood, this was perfect for his level of independence. Um, right. But now that he's older, and we're in countries that have foreign languages, it's harder for him to be as independent because he's lost. You know, younger children don't have a language barrier; they just there's some magical way that they can communicate. <laughs> uh, <Right. laughs> but now, as you know, when kids get older, they to kind of lose that and so they only socialize with kids if they can communicate verbally um, and with the language barrier that presents a problem and he's not always comfortable just going to the local store because um, while some people speak English there's not a ton here that do right. and his Spanish is very 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 elementary so he doesn't always feel comfortable with that so he's He's relying a lot on me because I'm fluent yep. to do all the communication and everything. And he just kind of, while I'm doing the communication, he's checked out and, you know, doing something in his brain that's more fun than listening to a foreign language that he doesn't understand. Gotcha. So right. uh, that's another reason why we've kind of considered the U.S. as a possibility again, just because mm. it would give him that ability to go out and go to the store and do some of these things right. to gain those skills because he won't have a language barrier as an issue. Right. And 
he won't have to worry about friends because you know chances are anyone he meets is going to be able to speak English. So. Yeah. Is so is that the plan? Is uh, when when are you heading back? It sounds really soon. And are you planning on enrolling Tigger into school um, when you? Oh do God, your... no. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's so the plan? Can, what's the plan? <laughs> to answer the first question, yeah. uh, we uh, our house set it begins the end of November. So. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm hoping to possibly get another house set before then, but uh, right now the plan is we're back uh, in the U.S. the end of November, and we'll be there until around mid-January in between two different states. Mm-hmm. Uh, for school, absolutely not. Um, okay. Stephen has some, uh, Tigger, Stephen's his real name, um, has some anxiety issues. Okay. And um, with when he was in public school before, he had to be on two different medications to control the anxiety enough where he could get anything out of it. And he's, uh, one of the ways he deals with his anxiety is uh, he needs to move around. So, okay. like, if, if you spend any time with us, it's, it's really hilarious. You'll think you have a kangaroo in the house because he'll just come seriously hopping down the hallway. <laughs> uh, he might run a couple of laps back and forth. Usually it's hopping. Uh, uh-huh. And then he goes back to whatever he's doing, but he has to work out the energy. And if there's a lot of, he has some sensory issues. And so if there's a lot of sensory stimuli going on, he needs to work it out physically. Uh-huh. And in a classroom, they're just not okay with him getting up and hopping back and forth a few times before he sits back down. Right. And so right. it's just, it, I'm full of Ritalin it's not worth it. Stay still. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, you know, before I had to work full time and when I got him, he was six and you can't leave a six year old at home. So now that he's 13, I'm not, you know, I'm hoping to not uh, have a job outside of the house that is more than part-time hours. I, I want to work out of the house just because I need some diversity. Right. Um, but I plan to not work more than part-time. But as a 13-year-old, he can stay at home, so he can continue to do homeschooling. I can leave for a few hours to come, you know, to go to work. Uh, so it's more functional now. But, yeah, there's no way I would put him in school. And, and to be honest, I'm just not impressed with schools anymore. Uh, tip, you know, most of the public schools, they mean well, but the way the legislation has happened, it's all about teaching to a standardized test to pass, right. and that's not education. He's been real world. He's been having practical education for the last three-plus years, and I think practical application will serve him a lot more than memorizing a bunch of rote facts that he will only need to pass that test. Yeah. And so. I th- yeah, this... And this all is very much ties into the things we talked about in the last episode with uh, with Nancy, who introduced us to each yeah. other, actually. Yeah. And, you know, she talks about this kind of thing a lot. How You know, she has her concept of road schooling, which is, I think sounds like you're doing a similar thing mm-hmm. with your son. Um, well, Nancy's, and, Nancy's part of the reason we're out doing this. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. You, yeah. I met, I met Nancy through Twitter. Um, and they were, I think they were in South America at the time we connected. And then I was taking a trip by myself to Peru, and her family and I were going to be in Cusco at the same time. Uh, and so we met up, and we spent awesome. a few days together. Cool. And uh, she's a special ed teacher, so I really, you know, talked to her a lot about the, I wanted to travel with my son, but I didn't want to damage his future educationally, mm, academically. Right. And so she was instrumental in really helping me see that um, – it, it could work. And 
And at one point I told her this was after he had a major anxiety episode and he had to start the second medication. And I told her I was really worried about it. And prophetically, <laughs> she said to me, uh, don't worry about it. When you two have more time together, I believe his anxiety will probably all but disappear. And she said, it's mm. not going to be a problem for you. And, and she was totally right. But yeah, it's because of uh, us sitting together and having conversation, this little bakery while drinking tea in Cusco, Peru, that that was impetus for this whole thing. Wow, that's incredible. That's yeah. incredible. Wow. She, she's yeah. a great lady, and, and we really... <laughs> she's we talk, awesome. We talked, yeah. we talked at length about education in our uh-huh. conversation about you know, the education system in the U.S. and also about why can't you... There's more you can learn on the road than you can learn sitting behind totally. a desk. So I, Even I, his teachers, you know, I, I avoided telling his school because I just didn't want to deal with the argument. Um, and he mentioned it. Of course, he was excited. So he, he told some people. So I got a call. Um, they just want to confirm what they had heard. And I'm like, yeah, here we go. And they were all for, it, all for it. And one of his teachers even said that word for word, he will learn more traveling than he will from sitting behind a desk all day. Yeah. And yeah. I thought, well, if his teacher's saying this, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> Something, something's right. You know, something's, something makes sense when that happens. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. Well, uh, Talon, I w- we want to ask you um, one more question uh, before we close this one out that we ask our guests. And the question I'd like to ask you is, uh, what is something that you haven't already done yet uh, you'd like to do before you die? Um, ice dive in Antarctica. Ah. Hey, nice. Is that the seventh yeah. continent that you have to That visit? is. Seventh continent, yep. All right. An ice dive. Yeah. So what does an ice dive consist of? Um, wearing a dry suit okay. and learning about the dry suit. I need to, I'll, I'll get my dry suit certification before we go down. But um, it's, it's a whole, it, well, it's not a whole different style of diving, but there's a whole layer of extra issues that can come up with it. Um, so you did, have you gone diving with a, dive suit, with a dry suit before? No, I'm a total warm water diver. I hate cold water yeah, diving. Yeah, I've never done it either. Yeah. <laughs> I'm at, I'll suck it up. If we decide to live in Washington State, uh, one thing I would like to do is in the Puget Sound area, they have the giant Pacific octopus. Oh. And I really, really, really want that experience. Uh, there's also some great kelp beds. Um, so I'll just suck it up and get really thick uh, wetsuit or may just get dry suit and dive up there. But... Yeah, it's just a different level because of uh, because of the cold. Even though the dry suit keeps you pretty warm, um, your exertion levels are different. The gas exchange is different, so you have to. It changes your dive plan. And you um, have to and worry about the, the buoyancy of the, the dry suit itself, right? Because it has air. You in have it. to deal with the buoyancy of the dry suit yeah. and and managing the buoyancy, which is another thing, because um, it's another totally different way to dive. But then you have the issues of temperature and everything of the water, um, how that affects your body, exertion levels, exchange of gases. Um, and then, of course, you know, usually you need a, a line because you need to be able to get back to the hole to get out. Mm. So, uh, yeah, it's just a different style of diving. Awesome. awesome. I only want to do it in Antarctica. I'm not really interested doing any work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just the idea of going to this frontier and getting underneath the water there on top of it and seeing 
a whole different underwater world than anything anyone else will ever see unless they go there. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah, just the whole idea really excites me. That's that's yeah, so it's cool. badass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh. very awesome. <laughs> I. I have one request. If you do decide to go when you're back in Washington, if you take a, a picture of a giant Pacific Coast octopus for us and tag it on our on our Facebook or or website, I would I would appreciate that because I've always wanted <laughs> to see one, <laughs> a live one. So well, yeah, awesome. well, it counts if they're live. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh. Very Sweet, cool. man. So I guess, folks, the best place that folks can find you, follow all your uh, adventures, your website is onedadonekid.com. Um, you're also, your Twitter handle is, is it at onedadonekid? Yes. Yeah, perfect. And we will, as always, put links to uh, all the ways to find you on our website, cool. wtepodcast.com, when we post... Um, uh, the blog post that along with this episode, it'll have links to all the ways to find uh, Talon, and it'll have other goodies, other things we mentioned in this episode. We'll have links and other nice little content there. Yes. Sweet. Um, yeah. We, we want to say thank you very much. And Talon. thank you so much for coming on. This was, um, yeah. Thank you. Great. Uh, it, was it was a lot fun. of fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, you can ca- again, you can catch Talon and Tigger at one dad that's the number one dad and then the number one then kid.com um thanks again thanks for listening to walking the earth podcast you can check us out online at wtepodcast.com for now this is justin castle signing off from new york city new york we'll talk to you next time take care this episode of walking the earth podcast is brought to you by audible.com for our listeners they are offering a free audiobook download and a free 30-day trial so check it out today at audibletrial.com slash WTE podcast. And you also support the show as well. So check it out today again at audibletrial.com slash WTE podcast.